Good. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Hello. And welcome <laughs> to Modern Survival. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing good, Jerns. How are you doing? Ah, uh, well, you know, it's uh, dark outside. It's starting to get cold, and what a better way to bring on another episode than to talk about that, because tonight we're going to talk about wild weather survival. Wild weather! Hell yeah, wild weather. Yeah, I don't even know. It don't know, man. No, it's been getting weirder and weirder, man. But Seriously. The only thing you can do is stay ahead of the power curve and know what to do when the weather goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, I mean, if you live in the United States like <coughs> us, you're Excuse me. definitely used to hearing about earthquakes out west, hurricanes down south. Tornadoes and, in the middle of the country, uh, snowstorms in our area up in the northeast, and power outages uh, all over the place. Re really, in really terrible places, especially in Texas, because they get, they're on their own grid. Yeah, and flooding. Flooding's been a big thing this year in like Kentucky and uh, Tennessee and all those areas too. Yeah, I actually saw this um, this tweet uh, earlier today, uh, which was like you know perfect for this episode uh i gotta retweet it on the account but it's a, <coughs> of these glass panels that is at a house in florida okay and the water is like like way but like it's like a glass wall and the water's like way above halfway <laughs> and the dude just tweeted out saying this is the only uh the only uh what is it advertisement that this <laughs> this uh oh god what is it uh what, what do you call people that put it in windows Window installers? Window installers need. That's it. Wow. Brain yeah. fart, everybody. Brain fart. Fuck yeah. me. Jesus. Anyways. So, there's <coughs> definitely a lot of things out there, and that's just in the United States. I mean, I don't even want to think about the snow in Canada. Oh, yeah. It's crazy up there, too, especially in the winter months. And honestly, the only reason why this idea of wild weather survival came up is because of the hurricanes fiona and ian uh along with the flooding that's been going on in this country it it kind of hits home that hey this is something we should talk about uh, the month of september was um preparedness month and i had done videos on that once before so we're now just getting around to it <laughs> so with when it comes to wild weather germs, what do you think's like the biggest thing to to like really kind of like what's your tier list? What's your checklist? All right, so what I have here for my notes is for preparation, uh, the time frame. When is the storm arriving? What is the wild weather that you're looking at coming through the area? Your supply checklist and your resource management. So what supplies do you have? Are they up to date? Do you need to rotate your stocks? Do you need to add anything to your supply list? Uh, things like that. And those would be the big things for me right now. Uh, going into the winter months, like I said uh, on the other episode, is that I just got my chimney relined. So I'm having the fire department come out and take a look at that. That's going to give me a backup heating source and cooking source should the power go out. Yeah, like so, like yeah, because you're a big fan of uh, the old cast iron, so yes, you can actually cook on the fire. You damn right. Yeah. Um, so for me, being here in New Hampshire, and it's, like I said, it's gonna be getting real cold soon. Uh, we're gonna be stocking up on some wood. Uh, we just filled our oil 
and making sure our electricity is good to go. So space heaters as needed. Uh, stocking up on some batteries for flashlights. We have our uh, tea light candles if the power goes out just for a little extra ambiance. Oh, those and, things that actually look like it's a, a candle? No, we have actual candles. Oh, I thought tea light candles were the electric ones. Uh, you can get those. They don't really illuminate nearly as much as you would think, though. So oh, I would tea go. Light. It's yeah. wait. That's just the. That's like the flat candle, isn't it? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a little interesting tidbit about those. Is you could take three or four of those, get some of those terracotta uh, planter pots, and you can make a, an entire room heater out of like four or five of those candles with a terracotta pot. What's a terracotta pot? So it's like this reddish brown colored ceramic-ish pot. And if you flip it upside down, you can put those candles underneath it and the heat will radiate once that terracotta pot gets hot. So you're talking about like those just those regular pots you can buy from like Home Depot and everything like that. Yeah, so long as they're like that ceramic stuff you don't want to get plastic because you're melting the freaking plastic yeah. so. terracotta sounds japanese to me so i thought it might have been oh, japanese yeah no <laughs> not japanese actually I, I don't even know where the words come from i just know terracotta and it's good for planting but you could also make a really cool smoker out of one of them if you get the bigger terracotta pots yeah look yeah at that terracotta <laughs> And there you go. You've already gotten like three or four different tips. You can cook with terracotta pots when the wild weather happens. You throw some charcoal in there or some wood chunks. Uh, you can heat your house with them. You know, put a big flat pan underneath it with a little bit of water in there in case it tips over. You don't want to have a house fire. So that's a tip. Mm -hmm. Have something watery underneath it when you use it so it doesn't burn your house down. It's a good idea. Yeah. And I, I actually <coughs> just Googled it. Yay, hooray Google for being people that look at all of our stuff. Anyways. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, terracotta is actually, I, it sounds Japanese to me, but it's actually Italian. It means baked or cooked earth. That's interesting. I, that is interesting. Oh, terra. Yeah. Terra, earth. Cotta, terra is earth. baked. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess kata must mean baked then. So, yeah, those are a couple of those are just a couple of things. Um, and again, with the preparation in your time frame, uh, go out before everybody starts panicking. And oh yeah, get your supplies prior to that. So, uh, one thing that we do have in the house, and I would highly recommend it. If the power goes out, you're probably going to lose your water. So have a Berkey system, have like those five gallon jugs of water, yep. so, or not five gallon jugs of water, but the five gallon jugs that hold water, mm -hmm. get a few of those, have those filled up. Uh, an average family of four uses 28 gallons of water a week, I think is what I had seen. So be mindful of how many people you're trying to give water to. Uh, methodologies of cooking drastically change mm -hmm. you know uh, if the power goes out your best bets probably propane or charcoal grills outside always outside 
do not cook with charcoal inside unless you want to have carbon monoxide poisoning or propane for that matter <laughs> well this there has been people dead yes. of carbon monoxide yes. poisoning from po- propane that's a fact inside. that is a fact however some houses have propane cook stoves in them it's considered well, like natural gas yeah well but that's like that's like an in, that's like an installed thing in your kitchen don't right. bring it, in your propane grill yeah don't do that don't don't, don't don't bring a grill inside basically no. just don't cook do outside that. just cook outside yeah okay just, even if it's raining or snowing like it's gonna be a few minutes of uh but it's yeah. gonna be way better than <gasps> exactly and then you don't wake up yep so there you go there's some preparation stuff already boom we're smashing yeah. it right off the rip i mean it, it, even out of uh, wild, uh, you know, weather survival. I mean, just uh, preparing <coughs> is just a good idea. Just always, just have some stuff on the back end of the thing. I mean, when COVID first happened, do you remember trying to find toilet paper? Because uh, I remember trying to find toilet paper. Well, you got to understand something too. For me, large family, we go out and we purchase thirty rolls of toilet paper at any given time. So we just get like that big bundle of Scott's toilet paper. Yep. And that lasts us like a month, month and a half. Your poor buttholes. Yeah. I go Charmin all the way. <laughs> I would honestly I would go Charmin too, but unless it's septic safe, eh, we go with the stuff that breaks down faster. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I do miss that Charmin on the butthole though. Oh my god, it's so much better. It's great. <laughs> but but uh but weather and like, you know, so just be prepared. I mean if you're going out shopping, why don't you just grab some <coughs> stuff like the extra, some non-perishables. That way, if something ever happens, and it's like something that just happens, like say like nobody knows when a tsunami is going to hit. No. Nobody so, knows that. So Well, if, you... Uh, well, I mean, they, they have, have better detection. Of, yeah, they have better detection systems now than they did before. So you'd probably get... I don't know how long of an advanced warning, but you can get an advanced warning, I'd say, of maybe a couple hours, which may not seem like much, but it'll at least get you into safety zones. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. So, <clears throat> and as you're talking about going out and getting some non-perishables, think about it like this, too. If you went out and during your regular supply run, your monthly, or not monthly, sorry, we shop as little as possible uh you go out and you buy your food for the week if yep. you threw an extra five dollars worth of food each week into a food supply you know a couple of cans of corn a couple of cans of beans a couple of cans of soup stuff like that by the end of the year five dollars a week that's twenty dollars a month that's like three hundred dollars by the end of the year worth of extra food that you've stored up that you don't have to worry about and speaking of extra food uh one thing that i uh like to remind well you know people in general about but uh just letting you know the expiration the expiration day is uh <coughs> is like a like it's a fudgeable thing 
for people to just for people that have like you know food items even if they're canned the expiration date is honestly is going to last a whole lot longer than that yeah i i wouldn't stretch it out anything beyond maybe a year for most of the canned goods that you get at the store yeah uh you know three or four months isn't going to kill you a year you're going to lose a lot of the nutritional value yep. and the flavor is going to start to go to crap uh anything more than that i would just ship can it yeah. open it up put it in your compost pile i mean there there is a point yeah there is a point yeah <clears throat> unless you get the shelf stable food like i've got my uh patriot supply downstairs Are your ramen noodles no it's not ramen noodles Screw you and your ramen noodles. (laughs) But hey, hey, in a survival situation, as much as it's not real noodles and it's just like, I don't even know what it is, eh, it'll it'll keep you alive, I guess. It's good. It's good for what it is. Yeah, it's it's terrible for you. Yeah. Do do not, you know, unless you're a college (laughs) student, then that's the only thing you can live off of. But it's good. I like ramen noodles. I'm a huge fan. Though I've had real ramen before. Real ramen is way better. Yeah, when I had real ramen for the first time, it kind of ruined ramen noodles for me a little bit. Yeah. So, honestly, though, shelf-stable food is a good good way to go. If you can afford it, get the freeze-dried shelf-stable food. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a one-year supply that'll last a family of six, like three months, four months. What do you think about, like, actually getting a freeze-dryer? Like... A freeze dryer. I know you can be... you can actually get like some like you know tiny ones, and you can actually freeze dry your own stuff. Yeah, freeze drying is a great way to go if you can afford it. Most of the freeze drying units out there are relatively expensive for you know somebody like you and me who might use it every once in a while. Yeah. Unless you are producing huge amounts of uh, freeze dried food, yeah, it's really not going to be in your best interest. Yeah, freeze-dried ice cream, that's right. Yeah, or, well, you can freeze-dry your lasagnas, you can freeze-dry your turkey dinners. But, I mean, freeze-dried ice cream is so much better. Come on! It's so good! I I can't, I I cannot deny that. But I'm I'm talking about, like, food, sustainability, not just your desserts, which desserts, you have to have some desserts, or you're going to lose your mind. I mean, like ice cream, yeah. Yeah. Freeze drying ice cream. Can you tell I like freeze dried ice cream? Yeah, that's space food. <laughs> it is. It's all space food. Space and food it, is pretty wild, man. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've had some of those tubes before. Yeah, and uh, and that that stuff is nasty. I can't believe they actually eat that up in space. But like, it's like a nutrition paste. Yep. It, but I mean, it it's it, textured vegetable proteins. Oh. It's it's good for you. But I'll tell you, it goes down worse than cough syrup. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it'll keep you alive. Yeah, and definitely in a scenario uh, like this, you can't exactly choose when and where to get your nutrients. Yeah, and something else to consider with the power going out in some of these wild weather incidents. Uh, for us here in New England, it's not a bad thing in the wintertime if the power goes out and you have a fridge full of food. Here's why. Because it's friggin' cold outside. Put everything into a cooler, put that goddamn cooler outside, pack it full of snow, and you're fine. 
you're oh. not going to lose your food. Now, if it's summertime, different scenario. Don't open your fridge. Don't open your freezer. If you're going in there, you go in, you grab what you need, you close that goddamn door. You want to keep that cold inside whatever it is in the hot months. Yeah, I've actually, um, when I lost power before, what I would do is my fridge has the added bonus of having an, uh, a, uh, a, uh, what do you, blah, 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 an ice maker inside yep. of it. So, not one of the fancy ones where you, like, push a lever on a door, but it still has an ice maker inside the freezer. But when I'd lose power, I'd actually just shovel a bunch of ice into a plastic bag yeah. and shove it in the fridge. And that's the best way to go about it. You just throw it all into the fridge, keep your doors closed. Uh, I got one of those like seven day cold coolers where you just pack it with ice and it stays cold for seven days with ice in it. It's worth it. Definitely worth it. Yeah, I mean, like anything. I mean, like ice packs ain't a bad idea, frozen vegetables, anything like that can be used to help cool your food. Yep. Especially, you know, like I think. <clears throat> that we kind of forget that like I think a lot of people kind of forget that refrigerators are actually like they are they it's a giant cooler that's all it is it's a giant cooler that has access to keeping stuff cold all the time yep and having temperature regulars and stuff like that so if you lose power throw something cold in there yeah now if you happen to have a generator bonus for you but this goes into your supplies and your preparations for that wild weather. Do you have enough gas for that generator? Mm -hmm. How long do you need to run that generator to keep that food cold? What are you using your generator for? Is it for the refrigerator or is it for farting off playing video games? You know, this reminds me. Have you seen the, uh, the documentary A Million and Change? No, I have not. It's great. It's a great documentary. It's, it's on YouTube. You should check it out. It's um... Okay. It's about the guy who created Five Hour Energy. Oh, all and right. he didn't expect it to take off like it did, <laughs> and, and it just and it just started taking off. And all of a sudden, he was like a millionaire overnight. So instead of squandering his money, the guy actually like you know has his whole science science department that doesn't even work on Five Hour Energy. They just work <coughs> on like world saving. Like things like how to, that's uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, how to that turn that is it's freaking uh, brilliant. Like he's 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 able to turn seawater into actual drinking water, and yep. so like he's able to like bring it like to like places and, and like they have this water filtration system. There's a second documentary too. It's great. Yeah, desalinization but, through osmosis, mm -hmm. um, distillation of the water, yep. and then you take the salt that's left over and you can you know put it on your food. Yeah, and. Uh, and one thing that I really liked about it, one thing that I've always wanted, was uh, was there was an invention they made for countries specifically that don't have a lot of power. Okay. That you, they made a, a stationary bicycle, and you pedal for like thirty minutes, and yep. that gives you like three hours of like electricity for your whole house. Yep. That's and awesome. We could, dude, we could do that over here. You get a. Uh, Come on, brain stems. I've I've used to work on this all the time. It's like you could get a pedal bike, set it up as a stationary pedal bike, hook that up to an alternator from a car, okay? Pedal your ass off, and you can charge a bunch of car batteries, and then you hook an inverter up to those car batteries, and you have electricity for your house. 
That's so cool. Like that's a, that's how easy that is. I really kind of want to do that. <laughs> I, I really kind of want to make one of those things. Get yourself an alternator. Go buy one from like AutoZone, and then hook that up to a mountain bike with a simple belt drive, and then pedal your ass off. Have that alternator hooked up to a battery bank, and hook that to an inverter. Then that's and, it. And that's it. Kasha, that's all she wrote. Boom shakaka. Boom shakaka. 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 Well, now think about this though. This is a good segue going into gas versus electric versus wood and all of that. Ooh. Don't forget Method about all. Oh yeah. Well. I, I kind of put that under the gas. I do. I mean, they're kind of the same thing, but I think like gas is like, we have fuel lines that go between houses, right? Yeah. Depends yeah. on, again, and like we propane, oil, natural we gas. We oil lines. You know. it, yeah. I mean, I have oil heat. Uh, I Again, I just put my chimney liner in, so I'm going to have a wood heat source. And we use space heaters when we need them. So... Uh, power goes out though gas still works my oil won't but if i had a gas heating system the gas would still work mm-hmm. uh the wood stove is always going to work i don't have to worry about that but in the summertime eh, i mean i could cook indoors but it's going to heat the house and i don't want to heat the house in the summertime it'll be better in the winter time mm-hmm. uh, and i look at it too there's really no versus unless you're resource dependent on one. So yeah. if you let's let's play a little game of screw California, okay? Because Calif- I'm sorry, dude, but California is about to go completely ass under the it way totally that is. they're running that state right now. They're looking to phase out gas vehicles, produ- gas vehicle productions, among other things. And they don't have the electrical grid for the electric vehicles that they're trying to push. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, they said, hey, we're going to phase out gas vehicles. Oh, by the way, uh, you can't charge your vehicles because we're going to have brownouts. So, you can only charge them during this time. What happened to the nitrogen? Uh, well, no, that wasn't nitrogen. The was hydrogen vehicles? Hyd- hydrogen vehicles, yeah. Hydrogen on demand is still a relatively new technology for most people. Okay, they feel that it is not safe because of the Hindenburg and that whole debacle with the blimp going down. Mm-hmm. And that was a hydrogen blimp. So they but think like, it's also a bomb. But like, so I remember California was like when it first came out. California was really pushing that. Like they put in a ton of hydrogen pumps. Mm-hmm. you know into gas stations so it's kind of like funny that it was just kind of phased out especially since it actually had like actual sustainability close to gas yeah it where do you think hydrogen comes from water yep. think about that for a second water <laughs> could create a fuel source where have i heard that before where have i seen that done before i think i was playing with that in my garage at one point not just a hydrogen on-demand system using electrolysis, but through a small engine that I had learned about, and I met the inventor, and then I was playing with that for a while. And then, you know, you know, also, like, 
uh, worst case scenario, uh, you know, I hear potatoes. <laughs> you can get electricity <laughs> from potatoes. You can. That's still freaking wild to me. I'm but did you know that you can get electricity from the dirt? What? You can get electricity from the dirt. Huh? They're earth batteries. Earth batteries are zinc and copper. And you pound them into the ground. You keep the area somewhat moistened. And then you can draw electricity off of it. Interesting. Yeah. It's not huge electricity, depending on how big your grid is. But mm -hmm. you can still pull electricity off of it. Yep. And actually, something that is probably good to mention is there's a lot of new government-funded, um, you know, use them where you can uh, because the government doesn't give much stuff, but there's a lot of uh, government-funded um, solar panel installations going on. Solar, okay. Solar is good. Uh, I'm not going to say that solar is not good. It is a good source to have it helps keep your costs down but at what cost of purchasing it and putting it in well that's what i'm saying it's it, so there's a lot of government funding that's going into actually solar panel installation it, yeah so, the so it's a lot cheaper now for the right they're person. they're subsidizing it but where yeah. does that subsidization come from taxpayer dollars yes well so, they're, you, they're doing it anyways yeah, they're ramming it down our throats. Yeah, so my solar well panels. So honestly, solar panels would be a hell of a lot cheaper and far more developed if there was no government subsidies. Probably. Personal opinion. I, now, if, I, if you no, want to run the numbers agree. on it, I, I, I would almost guarantee that the free market system, if it was left to do what it's supposed to do and not have government subsidies, I. I would almost be guaranteed that solar panels would be operating at a higher efficiency than they are now, and you'd see a lot more people going towards solar versus being forced into solar panels that generate hardly anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get 30% efficiency out of a solar panel. That sucks. Yeah, it's not and, great. And guess what happens for people like us, or like I was just hearing a guy up in Alaska today on the radio he's like i got solar panels i live off the grid but i get like two hours of sun in the winter time so i'm using a generator to power my batteries for the rest of that time well, that sucks yeah so that's a lot of gas 10 gallons of gas a day he was saying and gas ain't fucking cheap man nope right now. and it's it's about to go through the roof again because we're we're artificially keeping the prices down using our strategic reserves until the election. And then once the election is over, the prices are going to go through the fucking roof and everybody's going to be losing their shit because that's what they do. Nobody was, they do it every time. And they're if like, if you pay well, attention to any election cycle, you'll notice that the gas prices drop. Yep. They drop, like, uh, like there was what? Six bucks for gas and then it's now down to like four dollars in some areas for us we're lucky it's like three dollars and 20 something cents where i'm at right now well, that's because but, you don't live near a city yeah but this time two three two or three years ago and i took a picture of it it was like two dollars a gallon a little mm -hmm. over two dollars a gallon like two three years ago 
and now it's like 320 something a gallon and it's going to go back up they were looking for new hampshire at oil prices close to like nine dollars a gallon this winter so heating and eating is going to be a hell of a lot more painful for a large families such as mine unless you have the preparations in place like we do of a wood stove yep or the electricity hopefully the power doesn't go out because electricity might be cheaper than oil or like you know just a lot of land you know uh if you if you have a lot of land you can you can make your own farm yeah i mean we try growing our food but we're still cherry when it comes to that we have no problems growing tomatoes oh yeah, my god well, we are so inundated with tomatoes it's unfriggin' real well tomatoes are pretty easy to grow in this climate but it also especially since you're at the bottom of a mountain yep uh, a lot i know that that <coughs> growing is like a lot harder on the, in those types of areas yeah, we have a lot of rock and whatnot under our ground, so mm. it's somewhat, somewhat not. Yeah, I can't even speak. My head's in my ass, so it well, sucks. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can even go back to you know ancient times. You know, throw some meat that you don't like, aren't going to be using. Throw it into the ground, and then plant on top of it. Yeah, fish. You know, like yeah. fish, like any anything that has. An abundance of, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, nutrients in it. Nutrients. That's what I was looking for. Yep. Phosphorus, nitrogen, yeah. uh, and also decomposition adds a lot to that as well. So, yep. You know, I'm looking at the time here, and I'm starting to feel like we might be going into our expedition funds. I think we are. There, oh my Jones. goodness. Did I actually call this out for the first time? You did. I'm so proud of you. Yay. Expedition funds. Germs can do plugs now. Oh, no. Well, actually, that's not a bad thing because uh, more stuff is coming down the chute, man. Like, I got words about the, uh, come on, the fishing tournament that I'll be going down to help kick off. And I'm going to be setting up some LLC stuff with that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I was talking to you earlier about websites. Um, as I've been looking at that, this is going to help out the Trek with a Vet portion of the Voluntold Vet, which is a consulting company that I'm prepping and getting off the ground. Uh, it will be servicing people who want to get out into the woods, such as yourself, good sir, and getting people back into nature learning the skill sets, learning the tools of the trade and things like that because we really do need to get back to simplicity. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with... I mean, there's a lot wrong with modern society. <laughs> but, like, there's nothing wrong with technology and using it and, and, and you know, it, things taking advantage of things that's already there. But knowing how to actually fend for yourself out in the world... Yeah. Like if all of that stuff was gone tomorrow, it's just good skills to have. Yeah, and I mean, think about the threats that we hear about on a daily basis. I mean, oh, there's another war possibly starting up. Oh, this country's firing missiles. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, I mean, this country could cause an EMP and the entire electrical grid would go out. There's yeah, North, a plug. North, uh, <laughs> North Korea, I know, just, just launched another <coughs> missile right over Japan. Yeah, and, yeah. and we launched a counter 
to do a show of force and all of our missiles fell short. It was like, yep. oh, look at us. We're flaccid. <laughs> yep. Well, either way. So besides for that, uh, you know, uh, obviously this is our, our podcast that me and germs do for free. Yep. Uh, we put it out there for free for you to listen to on all your podcasting platforms. So if you wouldn't mind and you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash modern survival and donate to us there. Uh, just even a dollar a month. Any little bit helps to keep us, uh, you know, afloat trying to make content where we can. Yeah. And not only that, but a lot of people don't even realize this. Like a dollar a month can actually go quite far. If you had like 30 people listening, given a dollar a month, that's $30 a month. That $30 a month is the ability to keep a website up and running in a lot of cases. Yeah, that uh, website, uh, you know, if we want to ever upgrade our microphones, we can do that. Yep. You know, if we need to uh, do equipment, if you guys wanted a video podcast, we would need video equipment. You know, so definitely if you want to support us, please feel free. If Hell you yeah. don't, if you're broke, hey, dude, don't worry about it. You yeah, know, if you're you, broke, just give us the thumbs up and share us with people. That's yeah, it. That that would be much appreciated. And again, if you uh, if you want to uh, contact us, give us any for, sort of feedback or anything like that, questions, comments, concerns, you can always add us at Twitter. Now Elon Musk's Twitter. Ooh, at, yeah. Uh, Modern Survival P. Yeah. He is for podcasts. And that is a huge thing too. Is like me, I'm not a big tech savvy person like I used to be. Eric is the guy to go to for all of that. But getting our name out there, getting the feedback is huge. Is feedback, feedback, feedback. Yeah. It makes the show better. I mean, think about Joe Rogan, for instance. He got out there, and granted, he had a big name from UFC, but even he had to figure out the podcasting. He got feedback, and mm-hmm. look at him now. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing this podcast <laughs> because we enjoy it, but also we just want – at least me, my idea with this podcast was I just wanted the idea of understanding, being being prepared, being, you know, like a lot of people look, oh, look at the crazy man in the woods. You know, this stuff <laughs> should be destigmatized. I mean, it is, it's really, really useful knowledge. And you'd be surprised, you know, where it could come into a pinch. Yeah. And whereas we're talking about wild weather, I mean, we talked about bug out bags and inch bags wild weather ties into bug out bag systems and inch bag systems you know the wood source uh, sorry wood source the heating sources all tie into the wild weather stuff but that's just preparations in general and now as we come out of our segment here we could talk about vehicle preps with wild weather and i just mentioned california okay Gas vehicles versus electric vehicles during wild weather. My state. I'm sorry, brother, but they screwed up with some of this stuff. It's like gas vehicles versus electric vehicles in the wild weather. Sorry, an electric vehicle just doesn't have the range. No. And Mm -hmm. you're not going to find charging stations if the grid goes down. What are they backing up those charging stations with? Diesel generators. See, I've been pitching this for a while. I am saying, let's go Flintstone. I would go Flintstone. I would <laughs> let's absolutely, go Flintstone. Dude, I would absolutely go Flintstone. Do you know how 
awesome it would be to just oh, no i hate riding a bike i can't fucking stand it it hurts my balls and i know they make seats for those now but forget it i would i would rather go flintstone than have an electric vehicle right now i would i, I would mean, it's... i would run everywhere if i possibly could but i got kids man i get in the truck let's go <laughs> i mean yeah, and either way, whether you believe in like global warming or anything like that or not, you know, uh, that is always up for you know your opinion to decide. But yep. uh, you know, the world is. No we need doubt, fuel. No we doubt, need is, gas. is changing. Yeah, you know, so just you know, right now, <coughs> gas is like kind of the it's the infrastructure that's been laid out. Yep. There, you know, for. It would be if if on in all honesty, if we could go to electric cars tomorrow and they'd be just as good as gas cars, I would totally get an electric car just because I don't want to keep paying gas. But it's just not there yet. Yeah, it's not there yet. But also consider too is if we continue down the road of just like straight electric vehicles, we have to mine for that stuff. Mm-hmm. All the cobalt, the mag- manganese the other metals and minerals and stuff we have to rip that stuff out of the earth so we are terraforming the planet and polluting the planet more by resource harvesting all of these minerals versus drilling a hole and getting the oil out of it or the gasoline the natural gas that's out there now granted again if i could go to an electric vehicle because it had the range and everything else i would but the technology is not there so up until that point it's an add-on we can I, do that and still pump oil and still pump gas but yep. don't just cut the pump off because you're pushing one thing you know what i mean yep absolutely i mean <coughs> but i mean all this really like especially when it comes to you know crazy weather and everything like that i mean we could talk about uh, oh what's better than a gas stove or an electric stove or what's better for this what's better for that no matter what you have what you have yep so if you have what you have be learn prepared. how to use right how are you going to use it if the power goes out and that's the biggest thing with wild weather is if the power goes out how are you going to use what you have yeah. What are you going to do if the power go, or not just the power goes out, but what are you going to do if you're in a flood zone? How are you going to get out of that flood zone? Do you have a boat? Are you going to evacuate or are you going to stay? Mm-hmm. If you're going to stay, are you prepared for the worst? If you're going to leave, there's your inch bag because you may not be coming home. Yep. I mean, you know, it's definitely just getting kind of crazy out there. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad in some ways too that the world's falling apart and doesn't seem like anybody really gives a shit. I know. I mean, like there is you know those hero stories of you know people going down like in helicopters and saving that one person on a, on a thing. But I mean, like just preventative measures, just just something to combat this like well but. i recall the it was a couple of years ago or so there was a hurricane and there was some massive flooding and then they had the bayou navy like 
just these hillbillies with boats and they were going and rescuing people why because fema didn't get involved yep and it was just people going out and helping other people and that's something that you should think about too with the wild weather survival check on your neighbors nobody checks on their neighbors anymore i've got neighbors around me that it's like i could talk to the guy across the street on a regular basis he's like how you doing oh, i'm doing good he's like the world's falling apart yeah i know it's like this is a good time to get to know your neighbors before everything goes under it's like yeah i'm well aware of that <laughs> you know establish a rapport so you don't become the person they try to steal from exactly <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, and this goes into resource management too, because people are resources. What skill sets do these people have? You know, can you guys pull together as a team and not just help yourselves, but help the people around you to rebuild or resupply or anything of that nature? Yeah. And so. Yes, sir. Here comes my typical Ooh, here classic episode. Let's oh, put a, a situation out there. Bring it. All right. <laughs> Let's say. Oh, here we go. You don't have a license. Okay. What does that have to do with anything? Hold on. Wait, wait. So you don't <laughs> have a license, which means you don't have a car. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't have a car. Right. Got it. You don't have a car. Yep. You are. Let's say you are twenty-five. Twenty-five. We'll say no 25. license. No, no license in the car. It seems to be something that's very common around. Basically, you're a fucking loser. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and let's say there is a flash flood that comes in. Let's say a tsunami Ooh. hit, and but you you're not like right on the coastline. You're like inwards. But the tsunami hit, and obviously you still have flooding. Huh. You have outrageous flooding. Let's say your first floor is flooded. Ooh. What could you have done to get prepared for that? Okay, so 25, no car, no license, and a tsunami hits, and there's flooding in the first floor. How bad is the flooding? Let's say it's it's uh, at least, uh, let's, let's say 60%. 60% flooded, so you're talking at least four feet of water. Yeah. Four feet of water. Hmm. Well, that's about waist level deep. Uh, I would imagine there's a good current, so... Rule of thumb when you're out on the rivers is anything above knee high, don't walk across it. You'll get swept downstream. So that's a rule of thumb. If you could prepare for that, I would say have a boat, a canoe, a skiff, something along those lines. You're, tw a you're 25. Well, I guess you could have a paddle boat. Yeah, a paddle boat. I mean, yeah. you don't need a license for a paddle boat. Yeah, you're just one of those recreational kids. You're out there get, with a kayak. Get that, can, get that canoe, man. Yeah, get a canoe. Get a kayak. Something. Um, and they're cheap now too. You get like one of those paddle boards for a couple hundred bucks. You're a yep. kid. You, you at least walk to work. You can mm -hmm. take a couple hundred bucks and go get it yourself a little freaking kayak. We'll, we'll say this kid's a fancy kid and he's got one of those fancy electric scooters. Oh god. Not not one of not not Ugh. like not a moped. I'm talking about that scooter the that's like, yeah, that you just see people like, what What are those things called? They're scooters, like a Segway almost. Yeah, Segway, that's oh, what it God. is. He's got a Segway, uh, that's, that's how he's getting to work. Don't spend your money on a Segway, get a Please boat. Don't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, realistically though, a 25-year-old kid without a car, and a license, in a tsunami situation, uh, have a backpack ready. 
with a couple of trash bags to keep your stuff dry, your personal information readily available, uh, change of clothes, some food. You're probably not getting too far because the water's deep. Uh, if you can find somebody that has a boat, get to dry ground. That's the key factor. Any situation where there's flooding, get to dry ground as fast as possible. That would be my number one tip. Get to dry ground. So let's say you don't have a friend with a boat. <laughs> uh, if you don't have a friend with a boat. Let's house... say you don't have a boat. Okay, no boat, no friends with boats. Do we do we go uh, do we go uh, Titanic on this bitch and, I, and tell them to take off the door? Uh, well, taking off the door, it's going to be a little bit easier at that point because if you're already saying there's four feet of water in the house, you just take the door off, whatever. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I would jump on a boat. Oh yeah, jump on a boat. Jump on the door. Use it like a surfboard. Now, a lot of doors are actually, they're, um, they're hollow. Would, if that, if, would if that make it sink? Well, if it's an exterior door, no. Yeah, it's not, a lot, an exterior door would not be hollow. That's no. Right. If anything, the exterior door has like a foam inside of it now because that's an insulated door. Uh, you could probably use that. It should float. If it doesn't, well, that sucks for you. Uh, walk slowly. And as much as I say don't walk in the water, if you, you gotta get to dry ground, or just it sucks, but you have to find a way to wait it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, just remember, don't let go, Jack. Yeah, don't let go. <laughs> and you know what? There was more. There was more than enough room for him to get up on that friggin' thing. He chose. Not it to. was. <laughs> I saw a Mistbusters episode on it and everything. He could have lived. And you know what? They would have been warmer together. Body heat. Yeah, I was always wondering about that end because I would think that even if you, even if you were in that frigid water, and you got on the door afterwards, you're still probably gonna freeze. But if you Aren't have you? two, well, it was cold out. You're wet. But if you had two people that are cold and shivering you're generating heat because you're <laughs> that's that's your body trying to create heat is that's why you shake so if you got two people that are shaking and they're generating heat eventually you're going to warm up enough to where it's like all right we're not necessarily going to die but it sucks either way that bitch didn't deserve leo <laughs> fantastic man hold on jack just hold on a little longer no, get up on the goddamn door. Tell her to move her ass over and crawl out of that freezing cold water. Get out of the water. There was no way her ass was that fat. <laughs> nope. No, it wasn't. No, move over. I'm coming up on this damn board and I'm I'm gonna live. So you're saying either wait it out or if you if you don't have any options You're gonna have the, to wade through the water. But but, it, but a door is actually a good option. It's a like good, as, yeah. As if, a makeshift raft. As a makeshift raft, yes. I mean, you could even use a table and flip it over, use the table as long as it floats. I mean, if it floats, you also have to consider how much weight do you have? Like, how heavy are you? The displacement of the water, you know? These are factors that you got to look into is water let's displacement. Say, let's body say it's weight. 150 pounds. 150 pounds. On a door, 
that door is probably going to sink a little bit. Right, let's it's going to float. 345 pounds. Yeah, you're probably not getting on a door. All right, let's say he's 260 pounds. He's probably not getting on a door. Let's say he's 200 pounds. It's going to sink a little bit, but it'll float, maybe. Let's say he's 80 pounds. That, that thing's going to float all day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, if the door floats. Again, that's if the door floats. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, put on a life jacket. Find something that floats, wrap it around you, and wade in the water safely to get to dry ground. If you can. If you can't and you have to wait it out, listen for helicopters. Find a way to signal a helicopter. Put a freaking towel, or not a towel, but like a blanket out on your roof. Wave it in the wind. Hey, I'm fucking here. Hey, I'm here. I need some help. Also, I think that people also forget a little bit is like, I mean, almost a lot of parts of the country have some sort of sewage like, you know, area, you know, you see those grates on the ground and everything like that. Yep. So at the first part of a flood, if it's been dry for a long time, there might be some whirlpools. Oh, yeah. So like you definitely want to, you know, steer clear of those, steer clear of those or like at least wait out long enough to uh to where you think those things could be safe yeah so i would say this for anybody in an area that's prone to flooding have a life jacket i know that might sound crazy but have a life jacket you just never know if you get flooding you're safer with a life jacket than without one yeah and i think it's kind of funny because you know nobody wants to wear a life jacket because you look dumb you look dumb. Shut but, the hell up. I but, have no problems wearing a life jacket. You and Gage were the only two idiots that night that weren't wearing a life jacket, and I was the only one that fell in the water. Because you I was dumb. Hey, I was happy I had that life jacket, and here's why. Me and Gage, not if only we're going to die, float, we're going to die in a cool way. Okay, not only did I float, but that life jacket kept me warm. But, There's something that you don't realize about a life jacket is in a cold situation, that life jacket is an extra layer, and it will help keep you warm. What I was going to say, though, is it's funny because a lot of the stuff that looks dumb on you is actually super helpful. Yes. Headlamps looks dumb as shit. But, but it's helpful. It's really, really helpful. Life yep. jackets, you look like a fat turd. It's really <laughs> helpful. Well, I, hold on. It depends on the life jacket. If you're talking those orange life jackets that go around your neck, those things are dumb looking. Wicked yeah, that, that's like typically when you think of a life jacket, that's what you think of. Well, the life jacket that... I have now, I have like a fisherman's life jacket, so it's like a vest, and it clips in the front, and all that stuff. I recommend those. I highly recommend those. There's those inflatable life jackets. Those suck. Looks like a toilet seat cover. Yeah, those, those, I I wouldn't recommend those. Yeah, you know, but either way, just... It'll float. (laughs) You don't have to wear it, but you'll be happy you have one. Yes. You know? If, if you're in a place for, that's prone to flooding, you don't have to wear the life jacket all the time. No. But if you get flooded, hey, you, you have it on put hand. That bitch on. Yeah, and then wade through the water because guess what? You could get to high ground. And oh, by the way, if you just happen to get swept downstream, you're not going to go under the water nearly as much. Mm-hmm. You have a better chance of survival. Ta da! Wild weather survival. Have a life jacket. And little known tip alligators hate life jackets. 
I'm, that's a lie. That's a 100% lie. But <laughs> Alligators hate things that punch back. Yeah. But, you know, hey. Uh, maybe oh, you Jesus find Eric. one. Maybe the alligator oh, that God. thinks that you're tasty, boy. Um, oh, you're killing me, man. Hates the lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Joe Dirt. No, let me go. <laughs> Fucking Christ, Eric. God. Or, or you could use alligators. You could be friends with the alligators. Maybe they're your neighbors. Build a rapport, and then maybe they'll let you float on them. Yeah, jump on its back and like ride it like one of those things you see on TV. Look at me, I'm a badass. And uh, crocodile hunter Full style. disclosure, do not get close to an alligator. <sighs> Man, you're taking the fun out of the show now. Yeah, man. well, but oh, we gotta we gotta legally <laughs> prepare ourselves because there's gonna be one dumb motherfucker out there that goes, oh, maybe I should be friends with alligators, and then chomp, and then we get sued. Yeah. So don't get close to alligators. Yeah, and by the way, Red Bull does not give you wings. It doesn't, unfortunately. Okay. You are not Namor. And it, Pepsi will not give you a Harrier jet, but they did lose that suit in court. So. Yep. <laughs> God, Anyways. all those old commercials, man. It's like random. You know, this This is, you know, talking about this, uh, just to give you guys the date, is October 5th, 2022, and the new Black Panther commercial, the new Black Panther trailer just launched. What? And, and it looks fantastic. And there's a big flood that happens in there, which is making me think of it. Well, you know. Talk about the timing. I know. Wow, flooding. Well, name name more floods, Wakanda. It really there's what there's a flood in Wakanda in that movie. Yeah, yeah, it, they're they're doing the storyline where Namor got, um, the Phoenix Force and uh, and he used the Phoenix Force to completely flood Wakanda. Wow, they're doing partly of that storyline. Dude, you are a wicked nerd. Yeah. It's I okay. Know. I appreciate it, though. I would have never have known that. I would have sat down and been like, what the hell is going on here? It's going to be a great movie. Okay? I'm, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I love R- Marvel. By the way, Rip Chadwick Boseman, uh, man, you yep. were absolutely incredible. Wakanda forever. Fuck cancer. <laughs> yeah, to goddamn okay. right. So, <sighs> is there anything else we need to like really kind of put on our list here of... Uh, of uh you know bad weather survival bad weather situations anything like that i think we kind of hit off everything i mean your time frames are huge if you know bad weather's coming be smart about it if you can get out of the area and have a feeling that you'll come back get out of the area go take a vacation if you can't afford it and you are going to hunker down have your food preps have your gas preps electricity a means to escape if the water gets high it like in these current instances with the hurricanes uh if it's cold weather have plenty of blankets stuff to keep you warm a secondary heat source uh do not use propane or charcoal inside just don't do it unless it's built into your infrastructure which i found out today is a thing yes propane gas stoves yep um Let's see. Resource management. You know, rotate your stocks. Go out and buy $5 of extra food, canned goods, whatever, non-perishables during the week. You know, by the end of the year, it it does. It adds up. And you can take care of yourself in the event that 
Maybe the supply chains run out. Yeah, you can get yourself some of them MREs, man. Yeah. Um, gas versus electric versus wood heat sources. It's all dependent on where you are, but don't rely on just one. Vehicle preps. Gas versus electric vehicles during wild weather. Sorry, electric vehicles suck, especially right now. Your best bet's going with a gas or a diesel vehicle mm-hmm. and have uh, the proper loadouts for that stuff. I mean, if you're out caught in a flash flood situation what do you have in your vehicle to help you out i mean in those areas anyways if you're out in its blizzard-like conditions do you have extra blankets food and stuff like that you don't want to be stuck inside your cab breathing in carbon monoxide because you're running your engine yep so. and uh you know if, if you're worried about the environment and, and, and you're, you're thinking about like oh maybe i should switch up my vehicle here's the thought go get go modify your car and make a french fry car yeah if you have a diesel vehicle go get used vegetable oil from mcdonald's or something run it through a few filters mix it with some ethanol or uh denatured alcohol which you could get at home depot let it sit for like a week and there's diesel fuel yeah also like uh, there's a there's straight up you can get you can now get like an add-on to your engine that gives you a secondary thing and the oil will eventually like fully run just stock out of the kitchen and oil's free you just go to a chinese food restaurant you go to mcdonald's anything like that they'll fill it up for you oh yeah and they'll appreciate it because they're gonna pay somebody to come and take that oil versus yeah. you just going in there and like hey let me pump it yeah and so all it is is you run your diesel for like about like uh, 10 minutes and then once the engine's warmed up and the front, the fry later's on, there's a switch you can pull on the inside of your car, and it will completely run off oil. Yep. Hey, hey these are there you go. these are all different, really cool technologies that can help get us away from certain things, or you know, put us back onto something that might actually be beneficial. Mm-hmm. So. All right, guys. Well, that is Modern Survival, the podcast of surviving modern situations. Yeah, and tonight, wild weather. Be prepared yep. for it, because you never know when it's going to happen. Germs can't see me, but I am uh, touching my fingers like Mr. Burns. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, indeed. Hey, another successful show, man. So hey. let's keep this going. What are we doing yep. next week? Or not next week, but next episode. What's the next episode? Give these people a heads up. No, 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 don't stop it. We'll give them a heads up. Next one is Wilderness Shelters. <laughs>